Did I even mention that we're sitting in a sex dungeon right now? Like, <laughs> you hear them chains? That's the bondage on the wall. <laughs> Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini. What's up, all of you beautiful humans of the Queendom? Welcome back to Thy Queendom Come, a podcast where we talk about sex, life, love, non-traditional ways of dating and relating, living, spirituality, all of the life things, the beautiful things, the messy things, the light and the dark and the in-between. Things that we aren't necessarily taught how to talk about, but are important to talk about because they shape our human experience. They shape the way that we see ourselves and each other, and more importantly, the way we treat ourselves and treat each other. I am your host, Lauren. I am so excited about today's episode. (laughs) Like I said, this is a podcast where we talk about all of the things and nothing is off limits. In today's episode, I sit down with Angel, who is not only a businesswoman, but also an acrobat and also a model. I met her through Honey Drip, an agency that I that I model with. Before actually meeting Angel in person, we connected on social media. And when we did, I saw one of her posts was actually a poem that somebody else wrote. And it's called, Because Sometimes You Just Need a Cock. <laughs> I mentioned this post later on in the episode, so and but I don't actually read it. So if you want to see it, go check out her Instagram to find the reference at Almond Joy Model. So Almond like the nut, Joy Model. I read her caption, and she talks openly about being a nympho. She mentions that a sex addiction is really just like any other addiction, but it's not really seen that way in society because oh, what's the problem with wanting sex all the time? And so I knew that I really wanted to sit down with with Angel and have this conversation. Um, Obviously, I talk about sex a lot. It is a big part of my life. It always has been since, since I was a teenager. I've called myself a nympho and people have called me a nympho jokingly and, and sex has had a large role in my life and a larger role than I used to believe it, it played in anybody else's and I thought maybe there was something wrong with me. I ask myself, am I a nympho? I don't know. So I really enjoyed sitting down with Angel because as you have these conversations and you look at how we're alike and how we're different, none of us fit into any specific boxes. We are all so unique. Even trying to decide whether or not I am or am not and trying to put that label on myself. That's why I love having these conversations because it just adds so much color and texture to my own human experience and helps me understand myself more. Angel is a fascinating woman with some fucking hilarious stories (laughs) and unique perspectives that were founded and are rooted in her own experiences. So I do ask that you come to this conversation with an open mind. Even if you don't agree with her or with me, this is all about learning and all of the perspectives, all of the different shades of humanity can exist. And it it does. It really makes life more beautiful. So take what you want, leave what you don't. But hopefully this conversation will spark something new, exciting, or curious inside of you. That That is my hope. Before we get started, I do want to mention a trigger warning because I want to be mindful and respect all of you. This episode does contain talk of rape and also rape fantasy. 
I know that this is very taboo to talk about and it can be extremely triggering. If you have the capacity, I ask that that you listen with an open mind and darkness does exist in this world. It exists in each of us and I do feel that talking about things brings them out into the light. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a shit ton of fun recording it, Um, as you can imagine. It is going to be a special two-part episode, actually, because there was just so much. The conversation went for so long. I am so interested to hear your thoughts, your questions. I am going to be interviewing Angel's husband, the husband of an info, next. So if you have any questions for him, please send them to me. I can't wait to put him in the hot seat next. Part two of this episode will be out next week. And with that, let's get this fucking party started. Angel, (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today thanks for having me yeah I so I was connected to Angel to you through Honey Drip and Angel sent out a video to our group chat and offered up her space for a group photo shoot and in this video she just like casually dropped in that oh I have like a sex dungeon upstairs um so that's like the kind of people we are just so you know it was like her roommate video right and immediately I was like I don't know what I have to move around or reschedule to get to to whoever this woman is and then I found you on Instagram and I saw your post about being a nympho and I was like okay there is so much here and I ran not walked to meet you just because sex sexuality how it manifests in different relationships and then I discovered that you have a partner that you've been married for a couple of years and so I was just so um drawn and it did not disappoint the sex dungeon we got here we, I was just like she has sitting behind me right now as a guest book <laughs> So yes, that's how I was connected to Angel. And yeah, in her post, she said these things need to be talked about more. So I guess like my first question is kind of the terminology, I guess. I mean, language is important. You know, I posted a story today and said something about, you know, I'm speaking to someone who is an info and is, but it was like calling somebody a something. And yeah. It always feels a little weird to me. Do you call yourself a nympho? So. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of judgmental on... Uh, just because where the word originally like felt in the 70s is like kind of derogatory i would honestly still say that i'm an info and you have almost with so pride. That's, yes. <laughs> and see that's why i felt i was thinking about this on my way over here i was like i, f- I feel a few times i've heard you actually refer to yourself even in the post as a info so I felt okay doing it, but I, but it still felt, so I just wanted to make sure before we go any yeah. further. <laughs> yeah. So the post was really about wanting to shine light on this. Yeah. I, um, uh, when, when I made the post, it was actually after, uh, an, what I would call an incident. Um, I don't know if you've seen Black Snake Moan. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I realized that I wasn't alone. Um, it's basically a movie about a girl who has a sex addiction that's so bad that it's like painful. And I was like, holy fuck, that's me. <laughs> and there's some meaning behind it. And it was it was really eye-opening. Um, so basically, like, for me, if I don't have sex for two days, I get, like, 
the sexy equivalent of hangry. <laughs> but then um, if it's like a week goes by or, you know, two weeks and I'm like fucking ravenous and I just need a cock. Like I don't need a relationship. I don't need anything else. I just need a fucking cock. And that was what the, the post was. Um, just- you see why this is my woman? Like <laughs> she just like two minutes in and she's just like strong cock. Like... <laughs> I knew that you were my people. I fucking knew that you were my people. Like, anybody who just comes on a mic and in four minutes just is like, I need a cop. <laughs> like, like, oh, my I God. Love they can openness. edit that into a rap. <laughs> yeah, I need your cock. I need a cop. Like, I just respect you for being so, so open with it. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy we met. I got yeah. to find more people uh, yeah. like me. We had talked about you having similar... Uh, cravings, but in a, like, a different style. Like, mine is strictly, like, I need a fucking cock. And yours was a little, little different. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of, like, I've talked so much about me on this freaking show, but I was, like, intentional, like, Lauren, shut the fuck up, you know? And I, but it is insane how much we relate, but it does look different. I actually have an episode called Sexually Hangry. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I do relate, but in a, in a bit of a different way. And so that's what's interesting to me. So for you, it's... It's painful internal organs need to be, like, pounded. (laughs) And if they aren't, then they're screaming, and then I'm in pain, and then I go looking for a dick, which becomes a problem if he goes on a trip for two weeks. Suddenly his wife is a fucking psychopath, and he's not with her, which is another reason I made that post, because so many people are like, I'm an info. Oh, can I hit on you? Like, oh, take advantage of that. And it's like... When, when I made the post, I wanted it to be viewed as, as a drug addiction. It's, you can choose to use your drugs, alcohol, a lot of people, and, and I consider sugar to be a drug. You know, mm-hmm. you, you choose how you would use it, or you can let it control you. Yeah. And there was a very long period I let it control me, and then I, in the meantime, the, like, the learning curve is excruciating to the, the people I'm partners with. Yeah. Because then I'm cheating. When you do feel that craving, is it strictly for the the, the feeling of it, the physical, physical aspect of it? Me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anything outside of that. Nope. The physical pain, it's more than just like a severe horniness yeah. in your vagina, like pulsating. Like, is it... Like, I feel you, it in my heart area. Like, it feels through my whole core. Like a cramp or something? Like a cramp, but, like, I don't know how to describe it because I've never felt it in any reference to, like, if I'm working out kind of a cramp or a hungry cramp. It doesn't feel like that. It's like an actual Mm. physical cramp, but but it's it's slightly different. I don't know how to describe that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just, that's wild. And is it something that you can't satiate yourself? I can. It's just it's not the same, and it's really, like, worth the quality. I have to struggle for, like, nine hours to get even remotely near what I could get in, like, 30 seconds if I just had a dick. <laughs> See, I it's interesting because I feel like I'm... Ah. It's so crazy to see parallels, but just different ways that they manifest. I do have that physical craving as well. It doesn't look... It doesn't... I don't know. It makes. I think I get angry. Maybe I think I get like frustrated. But I believe. I think for me, it's more of an energetic thing. This like energetic connection that is physical. That can be physical, because a lot of times, especially these days, and I'm trying to learn how to manage it. Just like what you said about you know learning how to channel it healthily. 
I can get myself off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no problem. So for me, I can almost satiate, I can satiate the physical aspect of it, but that desire to deeply connect and go back and forth and have that kind of yin and yang tango connection, like, that's kind of what I'm addicted to, but I'm addicted to, like, a variety. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's it's crazy that it's, it is very similar sounding, but also very different because I don't... I don't feel that side of the need at all. How young were you? How old were you when sex started to be like such a dominant part of your life? Eight. Eight. I uh, taught someone else how to masturbate who was younger than me when I was eight. And then that family moved out of my neighborhood. And I gave my first blowjob at 10, playing doctor. Yeah, that's new information for the world. (laughs) So I was very sexual, very young, but I I didn't have sex till I was 21. (laughs) I was going to be a Christian and not have sex till marriage. Wait, no way. Yeah. Poopole loophole or what? (laughs) No, just a fuck ton of blowjobs. So you were like sexually kind of active at a young age yeah. and then didn't have sex until you were older so was there kind of a reason for that or was it just strictly un- religion strictly religion strictly oh god i'm gonna go to hell if i have sex how are there f- generations of people who understand that you haven't gone to hell because you fucked before marriage still telling children that they're gonna go to hell and then all those children are crying sex it is very difficult your first time. There's touching and wetness and another human smell and temperature changes. And you get, like, really confused. You're, like, fucking between 13 to 20 for most people who have sex the first time. Why would you add to it that you might spend an eternity in a fiery death when you're already dealing with yeah. fucking teenage emotions? Just like... <laughs> like, how is that still a thing? <laughs> oh, God. It's seriously you understand my song and exactly I grew up in the south and even though my family wasn't super strict religious necessarily I still grew up in that environment and I feel like I shit on Christianity and I shit on the south and that paradigm a lot and it's it's not because I mean to shit on it it's because this narrative It's not only completely archaic and ancient and has it been translated so many different times. It's just, it's not relevant to us anymore. And it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's actually like, in some ways it's downright fucking abusive. The ways that we're taught to hate ourselves and feel so much shame and guilt for things that are so natural. I had super bad body dysmorphia and almost chopped my nipples off as a child. I thought I was supposed to be a boy. What? Yeah. Oh, my nipples are like the size of my finger, and then I have zero areola. So it's just like a smooth mound with a giant fucking toy soldier standing on it. And I didn't look like any other girls, and I was 12, and my nipples are the size of a nursing woman's. Just did Mm. not make any sense. And I was like, I belong in a boy's body. I wanted short hair. I climbed trees. I was very much a tomboy. And I was like, I promise I won't chop off my nipples till 18. And then when I'm 18, maybe I'll make a decision. And then someone saw me naked and was like, oh, those things I can play with them. And I was like, well, you seem happy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this feels kind of good. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I'm glad I didn't chop them off. (laughs) 
And that scares me about the kids now that are changing their sex at such young age because they haven't had a chance to to really reach through puberty and experience what it could feel like even a sex mm. like a, a, you should have a sex at least once and then make your decision whether you right but i would assume that you have multiple partners yeah which means you can't which believe in the god that you're going to hell <laughs> right <laughs> and that's like the thing about how we're taught about sex what back to what you were saying about all of the things that happen when you begin having sex we are not taught about those things in practical ways that make sense that we can actually apply where you know sex is we're told not to do it and we're shamed and we're guilted and then things happen and we can't talk about it and then you know but then it's also put on this pedestal and it's the only thing we ever think about or it's in the movies it's used to sell fucking cheeseburgers and perfume and everything else we're exactly what you said we're fucking confused we're confused on so many different levels yeah because of the way that our society in general teaches teaches about it during that time, though, when you weren't having sex because of because of that, were you exploring? I was exploring all the... There's, like, books and magazines and toys, and um, I realized I like girls' boobs, but not vaginas. I don't know what to do with vaginas, so I'm clearly <laughs> top half only. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone has their preferences. Yeah, I fucking love cock. <laughs> this bitch loves cock. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Wow. Wow, I love... Yeah, I love that word now that you're saying it with such purpose. You know, like, I've only recently in the last couple of years, now I'm just like, pussy. Years ago, I was so uncomfortable with that word because of the stigma. And it's just, you know, everyone's like, it's so harsh. When I talk about a penis, I'm like, I don't really like the word penis. I don't feel like I sound good saying it, you know, like penis. I feel so like, I like dick, you know, but like cock. I thought I said, I said recently, I was like, it's too aggressive. But the way you say it with purpose, I like this. Yes. It's cock. 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 <laughs> oh my god okay so you were exploring during that time and did you feel guilt shame about that at the time i definitely definitely felt a lot of shame and guilt which now i think was stupid but i you can't tell past angel like don't feel shame you're not going to hell maybe there's a god but you're not going to hell mm. <laughs> wish i could they're not gonna rapture you up and then leave you behind because you've masturbated right again i don't i don't mean to shit on religion it's just my it's just my personal experience there's so many religions so many beliefs i'm just one opinion so i saw this fucking meme that was just like knock 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 let me in if you want me to save you from the fiery hell that i'm gonna put you in if you don't let me in and it's just like what kind of fucking gaslighting manipulation bullshit is that are you fucking kidding me if anybody but jesus did this shit it be fucked oh my god it's and it's, when you put it in that perspective it is gaslighting oh my god <laughs> you just blew my mind <laughs> it blew my fucking mind oh my god right and it's like yeah and, that shit would not be allowed like girls would be coming together and be like girl let me tell you don't trust that guy yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah it's pr- it's pretty fucking nuts but it is it's it's funny that I had no idea that you were kind of like on the same page as me. I've definitely talked about it a lot because I used to, I mean, I worked at a church for a while. I went to a 
private Christian college, grew up in the Bible Belt, and you know, I always felt kind of removed, and I didn't really understand why. And then I also, at the same time, was never successful in any of my monogamous relationships. Um, every every one of them I fucked up in, and so it was like all of these worlds, and nothing was kind of matching up until I kind of stepped outside and was just like, okay, what? makes sense to me and all of these rules and regulations and shit that's telling me I should you know that I'm nothing and I should feel terrible about myself for doing fucking such natural things and once I started learning about it in a scholarly kind of environment just it just made me realize how insane and honestly manipulative and abusive it is especially the way that it exists now but what happens is it leads people like us to grow up feeling that just that shame and and stifling all this shit and that's why so much of this isn't talked about yeah because we don't and then people get hurt because they don't have enough information like people need to talk about this this needs to be more open because then you prevent rape then you prevent hurt feelings Mm -hmm. and you prevent cheating just because those are unacceptable from the beginning of your conversation and your conversation is real and it's not an assumed conversation cultured mm-hmm. by an environment. It's a, it's a real conversation that you're right. having. Yeah. When you keep these things just tucked away and you don't teach people how to actually engage in them, but also relate to yeah. each other and to themselves, that's when just fucked up shit happens and it stays in the dark. And then people feel... They walk around with this shame. They walk around with this guilt. And then fucked up things happen. People experience so much trauma. I mean, you know, Ben fucking Shapiro. I've said this several times, this motherfucker. Like, do I have to bleep that? Can I call him a motherfucker? (laughs) I mean, but he did. He talks. He's like, I think we need to return to traditional values and keep what happens in the bedroom in the bedroom. No, but what happens in the bedroom doesn't stay in the bedroom. It follows us out into life. Mm. You know, there's such a thing as an O-glow. Like, you can tell. I feel like people can tell when I'm getting well-fucked, okay? Like, I have a different glow about me. I'm feeling light. I'm feeling pep. Like, there's a pep in my step. You're grinning for a week. You had a great night. Yeah, I'm chilling. My body's loose. Um, (laughs) But on the other side of that, fucked up shit that happens Mm. sexually. And it's not talked about. Yeah. Because we're not given any avenue to talk about it. Yeah. Anytime you keep shit in the dark, it's exploited. What was your kind of coming into the light process after you had sex for the first time at 21? I don't know how old you are now. Uh, 40. Okay. Well, 39. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hot ass bitch. <laughs> Thanks. Not your 40s old, okay? I'm 27. <laughs> And so I thought you were genuinely like my, I thought you were maybe five years older than me. Yay! Yeah, sis. See, I told you, getting fucked getting well. Getting fucked makes you look good. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> She's got the uh, literally O glow. <laughs> yeah, we did just fuck a couple of hours ago. Wait, so how often do you and your husband, Justin, can, are we using his name? Yeah, he's a Justin. Justin. Justin's Justin. a fucking man. Next episode, we're having Justin on. <laughs> Wait, first pause. We're going to have a, a little detour real quick. How often do you feel like you need sex? Or how often do you have sex in your marriage? And you guys have been married for... for we've been together for eight years. We've been married for about five. Okay. Yeah. 
we still try to fuck at least every other day. When there's no work, we fuck a lot more. And when the mm-hmm. cat's not sleeping in the bed, we fuck a lot more. Damn pussy. When the cat's in the bed, she's so cute. And, like, I wake up before him and I'm going to go give him a blowjob. And then I'm like, oh, but look at the cute little kitty cat. And so she is definitely a cock stopper. Cock fucker. If there's any hypersexual nymphos out there who are looking for a remedy, a cat, a pussy. <laughs> a pussy that sleeps in between the guy's legs yeah. and it's cute. So. Yeah. And does he, so a nympho actually is the feminine version of a hypersexual person. I didn't know that until recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. I so, didn't know that there was yeah. that definition. <laughs> there's a masculine equivalent to someone who is hypersexual. Um, does Justin consider himself? No. No, he's a normal person. Mm. I break him. Okay, see, I wanted to ask this while we were smoking a spliff in the garage, but I just knew it was going to go down a rabbit hole because I was already intrigued to, like, have the husband, right, the husband on. <laughs> um, and now I'm even more so because I wanted to ask the hu- husband of a nympho. Yeah, he's the husband of a nympho. He says it's the best decision he ever made in his life. <sighs> he tells everybody, how do, how do you live, what's the secret to a healthy life? Marry a nympho with an oral fixation. That's his response every time. <laughs> you know what? Tells I'm that to strangers. I'm just, like, queendom has come. It literally has. You know the secret to life. <laughs> that is definitely one thing. Oh, God, so many questions. Because I want to know, obviously, yeah, what that's like for him. Just in the short time I have observed your guys' marriage and your guys' kind of very, very briefly, it's just so much fun. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I found people who talk about sex and make sexual references as much as I do. But I also definitely don't want to end this without also mentioning the more difficult sides yeah, of it. Because clearly the fun sides are you like to fuck, so that's right. fun. Right, and so people could be like, so how is this a, an issue, something you deal with? And you coming into the light, essentially, and the light as in shining the light on this part of yourself after you turned 21, what did that look like? Uh, I, when I started fucking, it went like crazy, and I fucked a lot of people. Like a lot of people. Have you kept your number? I have kept my number. My blowjob number is up here because I was blowing guys. The first guy I fucked became my first husband. Okay, that was a question that I was going to ask. Just as my second. Okay. Yeah. Um, my first husband, I got married in college. So he was my, when I'm 21, I had sex up until then I did like everything except for have sex. Did you get married because you had sex? Did you get married and then you had sex? What? We got married partially because we had sex partially because we thought it was a thing to do. Um, and then three years later we were like, wow, that was a bad decision. Have a good day. (laughs) It was very amicable and very like, "Hmm." you know, (laughs) maybe not, perhaps no. Wow. (laughs) Try again later. (laughs) He's a great person and him and his new wife are super cute and super happy and we made the best decision possible. Oh, that's great. Amicable divorces. Mm -hmm. They are possible. They are possible. I love to see that people can part ways and shift and be like, thank you for this season, but the flowers are fucking dead. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, like, sayonara. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, not the middle fingers. I, I would rather the peace signs than the middle fingers. Okay, so then three years later. Uh, so three years later, then I broke up with him and then, or, you know, got a divorce and then went fucking like crazy. And I was like, I'm an info, but it's fine. And then I got into a relationship, thought it'd be a kid in a relationship, ended up cheating on the person. And then that, that cycle kind of continued. Um, and I was like, fuck, I, I don't think I can not fuck another person which means that I shouldn't be in a relationship uh and then Justin came to me and was like so <laughs> you know way back in dinosaur times <laughs> who would have noticed the dinosaur he's a scientist who would say something more elaborate that makes sense I'm not <laughs> but you know way back when a couple thousand years ago men needed to spread the seat you needed to procreate as much as possible because your seed had a very low chance of survival in that world, right? You got eaten by a tiger or something. Mm-hmm. And so men were designed to fuck everything. A woman needed a man to stay put so he would protect her and her seed. So from way back fucking when, we've been designed to be not capable together. Right. So when you put it that way, and I was like, Okay, well, the first thing, when, when we got together, he said, uh, we decided to ask a really hard question, which is, um, now that you're with me, what's the thing you most regret? And he said that he would never get another pussy. And I was like, I'm really jealous. This is going to be really bad. <laughs> um, but I said, that seems like a really shitty thing to be sad about. I don't want you to be sad that you don't get another pussy. I want to give you another pussy. It makes sense that you should have another pussy to me. I will work on my jealousy. And he worked with me really hard for a year. And we had a girlfriend of his, a female friend, that was amazing. And she gave me blowjob classes. I could, oh, so here's another funny story. So... So Justin, you be giving blowjob classes. You've been doing this shit now, for years. Now, so this is this is super funny. I didn't realize that blowjobs and sex were different in the mind of a man. So he's telling me you're a top ten sex. I was like, great, I'm feeling really sexy. And one day I realized that they're not the same. And I was like, so what am I in blowjobs? He said a four. Mm. I was like, wow. Who's your 10? Good on you for asking. He's like, I'm not fucking telling you. He's like, you're going to go and kill her or something. I was like, no, no, no. Like, finally he gave me her number. He was like really afraid. And I called her. And I don't know this person. I called her and I was like, hello. I am Justin's new girlfriend. And uh, he says you gave him the best blowjob ever. And um, can you give me a lesson? (laughs) Oh my god! And wait, so she was really, really oh. awesome. <laughs> so she's like, "Do you got any toys?" I was like, "Yeah, I got dildos and stuff." She's like, "Hey, bring it." So we went over to her house. I got really high with her. We sat down at the table, and she proceeded to give me a hand job and blow job lesson, and we had a great time. And then I went home, and we had a great time. <laughs> we did. I'm talking about dicks. This is not your normal fucking book club, okay? <laughs> And then went home and I showed Justin what I learned. And he said, I went up to an eight within like one lesson. And I was like, yay. Okay, I'm going to get to a 12 because <laughs> I'm really determined. But like I got a lesson. It was awesome. And then she was like our first person and it was awesome. Oh, she joined in. Later. Yeah. Okay. As she was the first person that became our like our Unicorn. third. Yeah. Our third practice person. Right. She was 
amazing. That answered the question of you guys being monogamous or not. So non-monogamous, I mean, non-monogamy looks different. I mean, it just looks so So many layers. So different. Yeah. I would say we're monogamous swingers. Okay. So like me and him are a partnership. Right. And at the beginning of the night, we're together. Like Mm -hmm. we are going on a date, honey. And then we bring in our, her or him, we call them a toy we let them know, like, this is our plan. Like, you're going to be a, our toy. We get something different and new and unique and exciting. And we get to share an experience with somebody else. And we get to share an experience we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. And then, on the other hand, you get circus sex. So we've had people direct him. We've had people costume us. We've had people, like, ask us to do weird, crazy moves. They get really excited because we're acrobats. <laughs> Oh, and our, our Tinder profile is like, you know, you're going to get circus sex and we're going to get a, a new experience. So, you know, and it's by an the way, exchange it's an just... exchange of value. If that's not your thing, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But for an experience, for a sexual experience to be able to explore, to be able to. And yeah, no drama. Because no it's just drama. like, awesome. We had so much fun. Have a good night. And everybody, everybody, hard rule. If someone says no, hard stop. Like wherever right. we are. And we have used that. For both safety and mental comfort, and it's a hundred percent like as long as everybody knows and trusts, no matter what happens, you can say no at any time. Then they can feel free, like, oh, I can like give a little more because no matter what happens, like I'm safe. I'm ultimately I'm safe. Mm-hmm. So, kind of leaves and in, leads into like the bondage world too, where you know like what your limits are, how far you can push them, and when hard no is hard no versus, like, yellow. Yeah, and tuning into and learning about your body. I mean, you're forced Mm -hmm. to, in that kind of situation, tune in and and listen to yourself. And for you, too, is having another woman involved, like, tuning in and saying, like, okay, what is not okay with me and what is? Mm -hmm. Are there ever any men or have you ever wanted to incorporate men into that or is it strictly? Yes, yes. Uh, So it's been females this whole time up until this year Mm. and then uh, he's like exploring a little bit wow that's cool yeah Um, oh the list just keeps getting longer for (laughs) for justin for justin's interview oh (laughs) justin yeah we thought we would start with me because i was the one that had the jealousy issues Mm. so lot we were like okay if we're gonna start let's start with females and let's work on the jealousy because that seemed like a healthy thing period and then work on to like comfort and like trust and then after that then it was like okay his isn't jealousy his is like uh like a dominance thing yeah like you're a mine you know Mm -hmm. um it's very hard to give that away when right. it's like you're precious. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It is different because people might say it's both jealousy, but the jealousy, I think, for for women, uh, some women, a lot of women, it's more personal as in like, is she better than me? Is she prettier than me? Are you going to leave me? Like it's that very like natural kind of soft, tender side of us, mm-hmm. whereas for men, it is that that other very natural side of them which is the dominance of like your mind so that's Mm. interesting how it looks different for for both of us i think so being in this type of relationship it forces you to explore jealousy which is interesting because in a traditional monogamous relationship i mean we do everything we can to avoid jealousy and we pride ourselves in not being jealous um when everybody's fucking jealous yeah your 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 natural natural instinct is to be jealous as a woman yeah. especially like I pointed out earlier it's like 
and green in your root. You're there to protect yourself. Right. And some people, of course, channel it and it looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But that feeling and that emotion, if you really tune in, I mean, I think we all do feel it. And but we try so hard to, again, put it in the dark and push it away and not address it. What I love about this type of relationship is that and I don't love it I don't love to explore those feelings it doesn't feel it's not great it sucks but what I love is that it shines the light on okay well why am I afraid that she's prettier than me why is it triggering me is she you know am I jealous of how successful she is or am I afraid that he's gonna leave me and what does that mean you know what if he does want to leave me and if he if he does for a better connection if I unconditionally love him I mean shouldn't I let him go do I unconditionally love him or is there a condition on it you know there's just a ton of uncomfortable shit that we have to explore when we start relating this way and it's so fucking crazy to be talking to you because I feel like I'm a baby in this process I mean I I fucked up every monogamous relationship I've ever been in and then I just realized you know right here through this process through the last several months that it's like for it was never the the cheating the wanting desiring connections and it's that what I really I think love when it comes to those connections is the moments between a platonic friendship and actually fucking yeah that in between that what you learn and the moments of connection and serendipity and crazy shit I've experienced in between those moments that are outside of the traditional boundary Mm -hmm. in a relation a monogamous relationship I couldn't I want it's like I want I thought that was the only way to exist but I couldn't fucking do it and I realized that it wasn't the desire for those connections at least for this point in my life that was the issue it was signing up for something that I didn't want it was agreeing to a boundary making a commitment that wasn't true to me and then going outside of it you know Mm -hmm. my kind of analogy for it is if you have a test if it's an open book test and you're allowed to look in the book it's not cheating but if it's not an open book test and and you open your book, if it's not a group test and you're asking, like, then you're cheating because you're going outside of those agreed upon lines, you know? But then I was like, okay, I'm never going to be in a relationship. I'm never going to have a life partner. I'm just going to always, like, and it doesn't mean I want to, like, fuck around. I actually, in the last, (laughs) since I started this journey, I'm actually having less sex than ever. Wow. (laughs) Because I'm talking and learning and just, it's a part of my life and I'm becoming not only is it making me personally shift but it's also making me kind of hold to my integrity of like where am I spending my energy you know I went to that side of the fence of like I'm never going to be in a relationship and see then I started to realize that there's this gray that there are people like you and Justin who actually are life partners and you do partner in a lot of things but then that part of your relationship you've defined on your own and you've figured out what works best for you and how everybody involved can get value from it and so Mm. nobody's being hurt nobody's being lied to or cheated on Mm. or exploited even the people you're bringing in are aware of what's going on and you're offering them an experience I love that you said you know what they kind of can't return is circus (laughs) sex like fuck yeah I mean it doesn't have to be circus sex (laughs) but at the very least just doing it in a way that there's integrity And also through this process and the amount of conversations that I've had with the amount of people, I have learned that you think that like, you think there's a percentage of people that, you know, in the, in the statistics, there's a percentage of people who claim to be monogamous. Yes. And (laughs) 
Guys, in all of my fucking conversations and findings and research, like, monogamy exists even less than we think it does. Yeah. And if, if you don't realize that... It's like, how many people have had a second marriage? That's like... It's... Yeah. Well, even... But even within yeah. marriages, I've talked to people in the last several months... People have shared stories with me about their marriages and about a time when they were non-monogamous or a time when their partner was. Sometimes people are open and you would never know. Sally's parents were swingers and going to swinging parties on the weekends, you know? (laughs) But then there's also the people who have shared stories with me that, you know, have never shared that with their partner or with anyone else. And so it's like, it's happening. It's existing. Cheating is a thing where it's either happening or we're afraid of it happening. So why can't we actually just say, okay, fuck, I give. Can we not explore and talk about this and kind of maybe exist in the gray a bit versus the do's and the don'ts? And I think, I think uh, the fear of the unknown for the average person is pretty strong in the subscription to safety versus people like me or uh, honestly the acrobat world is very similar to me um mm. the the people that like reach out and go on boundaries or are pushers of some sort they're more i feel like they're more susceptible to like yes i am willing to explore something new in yeah various and and explore danger and explore fear and negative emotions Mm -hmm. and try to figure out where they're coming from and rather than trying to hide from it trying to run from it and not talking about it kind of similar I feel like this shit kind of it was sprinkled into my life and then when I lived in Bali I lived in Ubud and it's like a super yogi spiritual kind of community and that's kind of when I started like oh conscious play parties open relate like sacred sexuality like different exploration essentially and exploring things in a healthy way Mm -hmm. um and so I wonder there's so many marriages out there and I guess this is what I've always been afraid of like there's so many marriages that are just stale yes you know they exist on paper but it's just even if they're fine even if they're good there there's no passion there's no excitement anymore and that fucking terrifies me and that's what has made me run fast from anything that and you know I used to try to talk myself into it I was like no nah, eh, eh. but it's like that's where like, I'm afraid of mm-hmm. is just kind of existing with someone in this fire that I feel for life and myself and other people and connection to just be kind of pissed on and I do wonder if the excitement of how you guys kind of live your life like what does that do for your connection for your chemistry for your communication for your kind of exploration and, and growth I think um well, I'm I'm very aware that uh, the majority of people who are married more than two years, it's like honeymoon phases over you, fall into a rhythm. And the rhythm is the thing that kills you. Because then you, you become, there's there's no challenge to your relationship. There's no, like you said, excitement. Um, you're like, yo, hey, hon, you know, have a nice day. We're happy. And you move on. You go to work. You come home. You make dinner. And then you, you know, watch TV and you go to bed. Or sometimes you fuck, sometimes you don't. Um, but there's no real like challenge and I have found myself falling into this. I'll actually set a day. That intentional day is to have mind blowing sex. 
and all of that entails. My costume list starts from my wig all the way down to my stockings. My imaginary lip piercing. I have a bunch of little fake lip piercings because he loves a little scene girl role look. play. Yep. I got all of the all the costumes and I pick which character I'm going to be and I get in the costume and I have the perfume that that character wears because smell <sighs> attaches itself to memory more than any other of the senses. And then... Is it a bondage scene? Are you being raped by a demon? Are you uh, in the middle of a coffee shop? Are you this schoolgirl? Are you whatever it is? You pick your fucking fantasy and you create that environment. Damn. <laughs> and then by uh. the time you're done, you've done yourself up, and it takes it, girls. It takes us like two hours, right? Just to do that, and then you're putting out the candles because you're creating this altar for the demon to fuck you on, or like whatever it is that you create this environment that's like the the sound. All of your friends, you got to think, okay, I I don't have any sound. What sound do I want? You know, like what what is he gonna see? What am I gonna see? Everything. By the time you're done, it's been like four hours. All you want to do is <coughs> fuck the shit out of your man or girl or guy guy, <laughs> your partner. All you want to do because you've just spent. Four hours worshiping yourself and your partner. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's it's crazy because I do feel like there was so many things in that that I sorry. <laughs> no, I no, 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 no. I, dude, I'm the rambling fucking queen. <laughs> um, I love how you have. It looks like you have found a way, and I'm sure it's still a struggle. I'm still there. There are still challenges, but it seems like you have kind of found a way to make this work for you and make this kind of work in your relationship versus being so destructive. Yeah. Let's say he goes away for two weeks because that happens with his work. If he is gone for two days, we're like sexting each other like crazy. He's learned, like he's asking me for things. And then by day three or four, I'm calling my girlfriends for help. They know. I have some girlfriends that they know I'll just call them at any time of the night or day and they'll pick up the phone and I'll be like, I need help right now. I need you to talk me through this. Don't let me call anybody else. And that has been my biggest savior. Damn. Shout out fucking <laughs> women supporting women. Yeah. No, so what if somebody were to say, just just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't have sex? Yeah. Just what, like, like, what do you, what, like, just don't have sex. Oh my God, I would die. I would die. I don't think I could do it. Could do what? Like, if so, yeah, if somebody. Just not fuck, like, ever? Not like ever, but like, in, in. <laughs> yeah, I could not, not Jesus fuck Christ, ever. I can't do that either. I'd fucking burst into flames. Exactly. I don't even want to get into, like, how I'm relating to all of this, but in that note, like, I would fucking burst into flames. Um, no, but in that moment, if somebody were to hear you say that and to just be like, well, just don't have sex. Like, why can it be so hard? Like, just go do something. Take your mind off of mm. it. Like, because this is something, I mean. I would try to find something that they need, like that that's basically an addictive level for them. So Justin relates my need for sex the way he needs sugar. Mm. He really can't go three days without sugar it's so hard for him it's impossible he'll he will sneak candy he will sneak coffees with mm-hmm. tons of sugar it's like he's addicted and it's it's a relatable addiction it's like you struggle so hard to 
not have sugar and 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 that's very simple for most people to understand then that's how it is for me it's or if someone was smoking you held up mm, pen. yeah if, if you're addicted to vapes that's the same thing as it is for me I will I will hunt it down. You start I, to kind of yeah, when I lose my vape, I'm like I'll no one is leaving this fucking place until I find my vape. So, <laughs> in a, in an incident where I cheated on somebody, I um was totally normal person in my head doing something and somebody happened to walk by and make a joke that was like kind of flirtatious and totally not attractive. I just hadn't had sex for like a um, couple of weeks. So, I was at that point like mentally insane in that particular unit and he flirted with me and I was just like I know he was I was not attracted to him I just really needed a dick in that moment so you turned around and went and got it yeah but like I didn't know who he was or anything about it I was just like no you're mine now I will make it happen and that's really dangerous yeah for the other person as well as for me in so many ways too I mean it's my I'm very forceful and I will get what I want but in that moment what I want is not what I actually need and what is good for me mm-hmm. and that's like following what feels good in that moment in the sense of following what feels good it's not always what feels good right now yeah it's kind of like that capital feel good you know the overall and so I think so many things are like that we can channel a stimulus, you know, there's a stimulus and then there's our, our response and we choose how to, how to channel it. So I do think it's incredible to see that you are now in a marriage that at least to me seems functional. And I mean, you guys have like a to think sex dungeon. Did I even <laughs> mention that? for me. Did I even mention that we're sitting in a sex dungeon right now? Like, <laughs> You hear them chains? That's the bondage on the wall. <laughs> I was gone for for two weeks, and I came back, and he built me this. And see, also, space for acts of service. Yeah. So do you think, and I kind of, with that last question, I got kind of derailed, but <laughs> I'm, uh, the magic's in the editing. So do you think that this part of your relationship, the sexual part of it, do you think it bleeds over into the passion and the intimacy outside of the bedroom, the non-sexual intimacy. I, I definitely think so. We're more flirtatious. We're more, like, cute together, I guess, like, mm-hmm. from an outsider's perspective. I think we, we feel more connected, especially immediately afterwards. It's just, like, like, I showed you the nine faces of Justin, like, that man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, literally five minutes into knowing this woman. First of all, I'm standing in her <laughs> in her sex dungeon. <laughs> First of all, the sex dungeon has... I'm going to have to do a, a tour. Uh, the sex dungeon has, secu- like, cameras. And within five minutes of knowing Angel, she sh- she's like, do you want to see the, his 15-0 faces? And she showed me a video that's, like, 15 seconds long. And she went through and screenshotted every fucking second. And he makes 15 faces. No shit. People are going to go hunting those pictures down now. Literally... Oh my god, I cannot I cannot wait to interview Justin. <laughs> He's really good at, at talking. You're going to love it. Oh no, I know. Even it wasn't even an idea until we were in the garage and I was like, "Wait." And that's when I wanted to know like if he I, relates to 
your level of need or if this is nope. something no no he fucking... i will rape that man in a in a if that word had a positive meaning then <laughs> that i took it <laughs> in a consensual way that man is mine <laughs> yeah oh because that word did come up um you said earlier your fantasies how you guys live those out mm-hmm. and i did i felt like potentially if people listening to this oh my gosh you you said raped by a um demon by a demon Mm -hmm. and a lot of people would be like initially i mean i remember when i found out that a partner of mine years ago we talked about rape fantasies and that is fucking dark shit it is and it could be extremely triggering and i'm not somebody who has you know not experienced any sexual trauma either but i think there's something to be said about opening your mind i mean they are their thoughts mm-hmm. their thoughts and when we can, are in touch with our emotions and we in touch with our emotions and control of our thoughts kind of thing yeah they're just thoughts but being able to do, like explore those extremely dark spaces mm-hmm. yeah what do you wow what a fucking episode right <laughs> Um, I really didn't mean to leave you guys on such a massive cliffhanger. I mean, I kind of did, but really the timing just worked out this way that this is all the time we have today and we are going to pick up on this conversation and Angel's thoughts on this next week. And since I am leaving you guys on a cliffhanger in regards to this kind of really heavy, gnarly, taboo, seemingly fucked up topic, I want to invite you guys to sit with it think about it, unpack it within yourself if you have the capacity to do so. What are your thoughts on it? What does it make you feel when you start to think about um, consensual non-consent and the more aggressive types of play that imitate situations that are not play at all? What is it about our human nature that can be turned on by that? I invite you to Turn the mirror as inward as you can and just sit with it. Be uncomfortable and let that be okay. Thank you guys so much for joining us in this conversation. I can't wait to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your questions. If you have any for Angel as well, again, her Instagram is at almondjoymodel. I'm sure she would be happy to talk to anybody who is going through something similar or has questions for her. She won't bite. Unless you ask, of course. (laughs) Consent is important. We will be back next week for part two of this episode where we talk about these dark fantasies and also dive further into whether or not I think I'm a nympho um, after this conversation. So I hope you guys tune in then. As always, I am so grateful for each and every one of you and for this journey. I hope you have a beautiful holiday season and an amazing start to your 2022. Go out there and fucking kick ass, my kings and queens of the queendom. See you guys next time right here on Thy Queendom Come.
Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini.